the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And a glorious good afternoon, afternoon drive. You got the Stefan Tubbs show with no Stefan Tubbs. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday nights, 5 to 8 p.m. Been away for a while, so it's kind of good to sit in on a weekday and spend some time with the Tubsters audience. And you can reach me right away if you'd like at 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. I am known to take an opposing view now and then. And uh, I'll tell you, I really invite people who disagree because that's when it gets fun. That's when you can really dig down to principle, separate fact from fiction, uh, distinguish what is, uh, you know, moving forward the old way versus trying to find a new way to turn things around as we live through Bidenomics, the Biden era, and a country that is on the precipice. And so 303-696-1971 is the number. I am the Republican National Committee Man for Colorado, and in two weeks, two weeks from tomorrow, I will be sitting in Milwaukee at the presidential debate. And it's pretty exciting. Never been to a presidential debate before. But it's really hard to imagine that Donald Trump is going to show up. And so we talked about this some on Saturday night, but it didn't get a ton of traction. More text messages than calls. Should Donald Trump show up for the debate? If so, why? And if not, why not? I mean, is anybody really going to watch if Donald Trump isn't there? I think it's a almost a serious embarrassment for Ronna McDaniel and the RNC, of which I am a proud, although sort of minority, not based on the color of my skin, but minority member based on my positions. I'm joining probably a third of the 168 on the RNC who are strongly America first, strongly sick and tired of doing things the old-fashioned way and getting the same results, and really pushing for a change. And so I, you know, Rana was in town here a couple of weeks ago, very, very, always very gracious to me, and I was especially kind in light of some recent personal events for me. And so I, I have tremendous respect for her. People who hate her and talk about her being Mitt Romney's niece and all of that tend to forget that it's Donald Trump who put her in that place. I mean, she was a mom that became a precinct leader, that became a county chair, that became the state chair, that convinced Donald Trump that he literally could win the state of Michigan if he would just come and play there. And he did. He took her advice, and he did win the state of Michigan in 2016. And as a result, and in recognition of her efforts, which were tremendous, he personally wanted her to be the RNC chair. And when I was first elected to the RNC, she was re-elected by acclamation. Donald Trump uh, called in. He spoke to us uh, on the phone in a, in a conference or well, a group call. We were all in the room, so he was on the phone. 
And and that was pretty easy. And when it came around to this last run, her fourth now, I think, um, I was on the other side. I was a proponent of a change in leadership. And she knew it. I was out front about it. Had her on the radio several times, along with the other candidates, Harmeet Dillon, Mike Lindell, at least a couple of times. And and she knew exactly where I stood. And, you know, I think if you play play your hand straight, if you play your cards and people know where you stand, even if you disagree, we can have a conversation. But so many people who are involved in this fight and Man, this has never applied more to the sort of old guard Republican side of our party than it does now. There's no conversation to be had. It is wipe you out, shut you up, lie about you. I've never seen lies like those that were tossed around prior to the Colorado State GOP meeting, the Central Committee meeting, last Saturday. As the elected Republican National Committee man. I sit on the executive committee of the Colorado State GOP, so I, I'm a voting member and I participate in those meetings as well. And man, there were shiny flyers that were mailed out, expensive, and text messages and conversations and just lies, lies about me and a lawsuit that's going on to stop, to eliminate the open primary here in Colorado, um, lies about the current state chair, Dave Williams, who is really, you know, with so many opportunities and options available, has stepped into this thankless position and found a party in significant disarray. And he's taken his time in helping put it back together. Uh, but it's just mind-boggling to me that rather than have an open debate, and listen, this can apply to Oh, I don't know, the outcome of the election in 2020, the uh, the veracity of the administration, the Biden administration, the CDC, the pharmaceutical companies about vaccinations and, you know, six boosters a year and what they'll do for you, what they'll do to you, how they could damage you, all of those things. Very fruitful topics of conversation, but people who disagree who are standing on, no, no evidence of election fraud. No, the vax is safe. Keep getting it. Don't want to talk about it. And they're supported because the government did not want you to talk about it either. And even now, with all of the evidence that has come out on the Hunter Biden laptop that was suppressed, that the FBI was controlling and, and directing Twitter on who to take down and just all of the things that would take more than we have in this first break to say with all that evidence out the people who stood on those platforms back in 2020 and said you know you're election deniers you are a conspiracy theorist when it comes to the Wuhan Chinese Communist Party Wuhan lab all of those things can't seem to see the light you know that's come what's come to light by Simply waiting, pushing. Congress has done a lot of great work. Uh, the facts as far as, you know, the medical reality of COVID and the, the jab all coming to light. More and more people, sudden deaths, sudden injuries, all of those kinds of things. And yet we are still 
stifled. We are still told that we are to be quiet. So I, I just love when I get a chance to come on and push back on those sort of mainstream narratives. One of the biggest ones this week was, oh, my God, did you see what Trump did after? Oh, what's her name? The uh, the uh, come on, brain, the uh, world soccer lady. I'll think of it. I will think of it. Uh, Megan Rep- Rapinoe, Megan Rapinoe. After she woofed, after she whizzed, after she, the, the shining moment for her career to set a new record. I forget how, what, it, it'll be another 16 years before anyone has a chance to have won the World Cup three times in a row. And she woofed, and Donald Trump came out with a, wait for it, a mean truth not a tweet or an x or what what do they call do you even know blake what do they call tweets now that twitter is called x any clue i have no clue no okay well me neither (laughs) but it's the media just lambasted him and said you know it's un-american he hates america and the tweet itself i agreed a hundred percent Absolutely, a hundred percent. And I, I've got a. I think it's a more of a paraphrase than the. Yeah, here it is. The tweet: the shocking and totally unexpected loss by the soccer team. This is actually from a Rolling Stone article. They just lambasted President Trump. The shocking and totally unexpected loss. Uh, here's the full quote: by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to the. Our once great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Many of our players were openly hostile to America. No other country behaved in such a manner or even close. And then in caps, woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell. MAGA, which stands for Make America Great Again. And I absolutely agree. Donald Trump did not politicize the World Cup. Megan Rapinoe did that and her teammates when they refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance of their own country at this sporting event. It seems to me that the NFL has learned its lesson. The NBA has learned its lesson. Target and Budweiser. And so many are learning those lessons. Keep politics out of your business. Keep politics out of your sport. But they can't do it. So when somebody who understands exactly where we're at, what's going on, who had America humming during his four-year tenure as president of the United States, humming economically, humming with energy production and virtual energy independence, humming with no new wars, humming with a plan to bring our troops home from Afghanistan, And you can bet your bottom dollar that if Trump had been in charge of that, it would not have been the Biden debacle that uh, that we had to live through. Thirteen brave Americans would not have lost their lives and countless others losing body parts and limbs. We wouldn't have left billions of dollars of equipment there. We wouldn't have given up a incredibly important runway and air base 
and we certainly wouldn't have, um, you know, left our American citizens and the Afghanis that helped us there to die, there to be tortured, there to suffer. And you know it. You can say or think whatever you want about President Trump and his mean tweets and the three indictments and everything that the radical left and unfortunately the never Trumpers and the Republican Party are now the no labels people out there or whatever want to throw at him. But you know it in your bones. Middle East peace. We've got Joe Biden now deploying three. Did you hear this? This is breaking news. 3,000 troops, sailors and Marines on two massive warships, F-16s and F-35 fighter jets, all headed to the Middle East because Iran is harassing and stopping and attacking ships that are transporting oil down a very narrow body of water. We've got troops on the ground now, and we wouldn't, you know, we were told, we were promised we wouldn't have troops on the ground in, the, in Ukraine, but we do. Donald Trump, before he left office, should have won a Nobel Peace Prize for the Abraham Accords. All of these Middle East countries aligning themselves together to, to push back against Iran before they get a nuclear weapon and to agree to get along with each other and build prosperous societies and, and commercially successful relationships. Benjamin Netanyahu manages to get reelected prime minister of Israel and Joe Biden. Yeah, I'm going to meet with him, but not at the White House. What a slap in the face. What a high level of disrespect. It's unbelievable. White House trying to negotiate a secret deal with Iran on nukes and keep it from Congress so they have no oversight. This is the transparent government that you want in place right now. But Donald Trump, because of his mean tweet, are these three indictments, these three politicized, two-tiered justice system indictments are enough to say, oh, no, not him again. I, it's just, it's almost too much, just almost too much. And we're going to talk about a lot of it tonight over the course of the next three hours. However, very special surprise. One thing I love to do when uh, when I get a chance to fill in or or on my show sometimes when I have guests is have people on that you don't get to hear from or talk to or see very often. And one of them, a very dear friend of mine, and he's got a new book out. It's actually part two of a series that he's writing, House Un-Americans. Part two is California District 24 through Connecticut District 5. He is exposing the communist ties of our Congress critters. And I had the opportunity to uh, write a little blurb for his latest book. He sent it to me. I don't even think it's published yet. We'll find out here in just a minute. He will be talking to us about our very own Democrats, Joe Neguse and Jason Crow. They've got, let's see, seven for about 23 pages in, uh, in his new 300-plus page book. His name is Trevor Loudon. He will join us when we return. And one more thing before we go. I am the chairman of the Arapo Tea Party, as many of you know. And our meeting is tonight. And I've been away. I haven't uh, been out for two months. I didn't uh, go in and lead or chair or participate in the last two meetings. And I, so we'd sent out an email, you know, come tonight, Randy's back. And now I'm here. 
And so I just want everybody to know that I will be coming as soon as the show is over. I'll be going over there. And we do have some tickets left. They're free. But you got to get a ticket because we do run out of room over there at the Arapaho Tea Party meeting tonight, 630 in Centennial. If you have any interest at all, send an email to Party at gmail.com, Party at gmail.com, or just go on Eventbrite and put in Arapaho Tea Party. Tonight's event will populate. We would love to see you there, and I'll be there uh, later, but uh, but I will definitely be there tonight. So with that, we're going to take our break. We'll be joined by Trevor Loudon when we return. It's Randy Corcoran in for Stefan Tubbs here on the 710 KNUS Battleship Extraordinaire. Stay with us. Wow. Talk about a tease. You think that's Coors? Any speculation on that, Blake? I don't know what other big beer conglomerate. Well, anyway, we will Maybe find Pacifico. out. What? Maybe Pacifico, huh? And we will find out. Lori Kelman's news break coming up in about 20 minutes. Also, I think, Blake, since I'm filling in for Stefan Tubbs, that since there's a big package in here addressed to the Stefan Tubbs show, I just ought to rip into that thing, see exactly what it is. It's all yours now. Have the dog sniffed it yet? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I think uh, Mark Crowley's dog maybe has. Oh, well, that's that's enough for me. I see we've got our great guest on the line. Let's bring him up right now. I don't want to waste any time. Um, just one of the greats, uh, the most deeply invested, thorough research expert I have ever seen. Um, Trevor Loudon, I, I don't know where you find the time to sleep or enjoy your marriage or anything else that you do because you are constantly churning out information that it's so hard to get into the mainstream, but so important for people to know. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks, Randy. Better believe it. I was so excited when I had a chance to write a blurb for your upcoming book and uh, especially this particular um, section, because this is a series of books you're doing called House Un-Americans. Part two is being released soon, if it isn't already. Two, two, two days. Only two. Days. Oh, good timing for me to reach out to you today. And yep. this this particular um, part two covers California District 24 all the way to Connecticut District 5, which includes two of our very worst, or I mean very own, Joe Nagoose and Jason Crow. Before we delve into those two representatives, uh, do you have anybody that pops to mind that you're absolutely most dangerous or or disturbing House representative from part two? Well, I, I would say probably virtually all of the Connecticut candidates like um, Joe Courtney, for instance, who is deeply in bed with the Connecticut Communist Party, which supports China while he serves on the Armed Services Committee overseeing the submarine um, you know, subcommittee. He, he he is overseeing that while we are countering China in the Pacific, and he is deeply invested with the Connecticut Communist Party at the same time. That's the scariest one to me. Well, that wouldn't be scary to most people who are supporting Joe Biden because he's already in bed with Communist China. Well, he, well, that's right. He's, <laughs> yeah. they, they, nobody seems to care. I mean. You know, some of the books you've done are, they're just extraordinary. I've got them on my coffee table or on my bookshelves. And you 
really toss some fireballs at people, at individuals, which, of course, you back up with a ton of research links, etc. Have you ever been sued for defamation, had to retract a conclusion that you'd drawn or anything like that? No, ne- never in this country. Never. Not one. I've, I've called out 100 members of Congress, just about, and about 40 senators, repeatedly uh, on TV, on radio, in print, and not one of them has ever challenged me on, on anything. Well, I can't say I'm surprised because I just don't know how they could. I've, you know, I, I've followed links on people that interest me and they all lead to something and they don't there. You don't find a ton of, well, this is disputed or that's made up or it's fake news. It's it's always the fake news coming at us, not us putting it out. And time always proves that out. And, you know, there are exceptions, of course, but. In general, do you think we're winning that battle? Are we getting information back out there that people need to know? Well, we we are very much hampered by the mainstream media and obviously by big tech. But there is certainly, there's a lot of alternative media. There's a lot of, you know, um, conservative talk shows. So the, 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 the it is circulating out there. There are, there are, Millions of people in this country now who are more aware of the situation than they ever have been. You know, the COVID and reading their kids' school textbooks and watching their cities burned and watching massive inter-election irregularities. Are we allowed to say irregularities? Um, You know, has woken people up to the fact that we could lose this country. So they're now out there actively looking for this stuff. And, And that's why I write my books, essentially, to give them the hard facts necessary. Before I forget, and we run out of time, will you be in Colorado anytime soon so people can meet you, talk to you, and hear about the new the new part two? Well, look, I don't have any immediate plans. It's always a matter of an invitation, but I normally get to Colorado once or twice a year, so I, I, I imagine I will be at some point. But um, no, no, nothing immediate, but you know, people can still go to my website, get the books, and and get them from Jeff Bezos, etc. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it, unfortunately, it's hard to beat Amazon. Sometimes, man, you order stuff and it's it's waiting at your door before you hang up the phone or shut the computer. It's just <laughs> ridiculous, but but it, but yeah. impressive. So, House on Americans Part Two between the two Colorado reps that you discussed, Joe Nagoose, Jason Crow. Uh, on my read through, I, I find Joe Nagoose perhaps the most concerning. If you agree, let's start with Jason Crow. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I think a lot of Coloradans realize that the last few years, Demo- specifically Democratic Socialists of America, which is the largest Marxist group in the country, they've got a big chapter in Colorado, another one in Colorado Springs, another one in Fort Collins, and... Um, also in Boulder, and Joe Joe uh, Joe Nagoose is heavily involved in both the Fort Collins and um, Fort Collins and Boulder chapters, and and we should be concerned about this because these are bona fide Marxists who work with European communists. They work with the Communist Party USA, and they are pushing legislation which Joe Nagoose carries for them, specifically in. Uh, and healthcare and environmental issues. And you have also got about half a dozen of these communists in your state legislature, several on the Aurora City Council, 
and several on the Denver City Council. And Jonah Goose works closely with these people to, to guide legislation at state level and also at the national level. So he is working with bona fide real Marxists in real time. Talking with Trevor Loudon, you'll be happy to know that in the last Denver City Council elections that Candy C. DeCami was replaced. Yeah, she was. Uh, they ran They ran four, I think, um, four, four Marxists, and, I th- and she, was, she was defeated, but they picked up a couple in the state legislature at the same time. So they lost one, plus they've got three on the Aurora City Council, including... Marcano, who is running for mayor down there, so so they lost one, but they've gained a couple as well. And Javier Marbury um, became a state legislator. There's two or three others as well, plus several fellow travellers. So they've actually got quite a few still on the Denver City Council and definitely in Aurora. There was a time in America, and I was a younger man, but I remember it well, even a younger boy, when being a communist posed some level of concern to the average American citizen. Seems to be of very little interest to voters in Colorado these days. What do you attribute that to? Well, I I think it's, you know, well, obviously the so-called collapse of communism made people think the threat had gone away. And then the, the... the FBI, which used to be on their case, is now actually more interested in conservatives. Plus, the media, which is so tilted to the left, continually gives these people a free pass. You know, you've you got Democratic Socialists of America, a Marxist group, moving, regularly moving legislation in the Colorado State House. Um, and, and, uh, you know, pushing pushing their Marxist agenda on Colorado, and the media doesn't call them out at all. And you've got one of them, um, actually from um, Fort Collins Way, who's either the, I think he's the deputy chair of the Democratic Party in the House, you know, so they're, they're deeply penetrating your state, but the media ignores them. The media gives them a free pass, so the voters have no idea who they're voting for. We had a Republican state GOP central committee meeting last Saturday. And one of the efforts that was going on there was to have a vote that would um, treat as a yes vote any vote by a member who failed to either appear to vote or submit a proxy on one specific issue. And that was the effort for Colorado to opt out of the open primary, which requires which requires 75% of the entire membership, a number that we never actually even get at the meeting. So it's an impossible threshold. And and former Colorado State Republican chairs and others joined in in refer and this was on the table, everybody had a chance to read it and vote on it and decide on it and it was voted down. But the prior chair of the state GOP, an advisor to governors and and um and rhinos and um, Dick Wadhams actually wrote a piece that was published in one of the local papers slash websites where he referred to our state chair, Dave Williams, as Comrade Williams. Mm. So so they've, okay. they've flipped the script, man. And now 
those of us who are trying to find ways to overcome what's been allowed to happen to the Republican Party under prior leadership and guidance for, you know, decades um, as comrade. We're the communists now. It's just incredible. And uh, and, you know, for, for sure how forever the grassroots side of the Republican Party has been told to, you know, knock doors, make calls, write your small donor set checks and then sit down and shut up. And they do not like that we're in control right now. Well, well, I don't, and and one of the ways to to reduce the 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 rhino wing of the GOP is to return to to basically closed primaries, so only Republicans can vote for Republican candidates. You know, open primaries are the way that the rhinos collude with the Democrats to keep conservatives out. You know, if you're a Baptist, you don't let the Methodists choose your pastor, do you? <laughs> no. You know, it's, but that's what they're forcing on the state. Yeah. And the, when you opened your primaries to allow Democrats to vote in your primaries, Colorado's got more and more left every single election. Every single election. Point. Yeah, the numbers speak for themselves. And you'll be glad to know if you don't know that we refiled another lawsuit to stop the unconstitutional open primary here in Colorado. Only this time we have the Colorado State GOP as a party. That's the only reason the judge gave for tossing us out the last time is we didn't have the party on board. Didn't have have standing. You were exactly, (laughs) you got it. So, you know, and this is happening around the country and the, the rhino class is terrified of it because Colorado geo or Colorado state GOPs, County GOPs, the grassroots is getting involved at the precinct level. And then they vote on officers and you're learning more and more what the actual members of the Republican Party want versus what the former leadership and, uh, you know, drive us off the edge of the cliff gang has wanted for the last decades or two or three. Yeah, look, everywhere I go, I'm seeing this all around the country. The grassroots, a lot of people are younger people are joining the GOP and they want action. They want change. They're not joining it for a social club or for business opportunity. They're, they're, they're joining to save the country. And so this is exactly what you're seeing. And, and the, the old guard is hanging on like, you know, with a grim death. They'll be gone soon. They're, they're not going to be able to resist this tide. And it's, it's sort of like the Reagan revolution of the 80s. The old guard hated Reagan, but, but eventually they went. They, they, were, they were, you know, plowed under. Yeah. But I just, I just found that it's Andrew Busenecker is the co-whip in the Democratic House. So he's top man in the Democratic House, and he's a card-carrying Marxist. You know, that's what you've got in Colorado. It is remarkable. The book is House Un-Americans Part 2. It includes Colorado's own Jonah Goose and Jason Crow. We're running out of time here in this segment, Trevor. You want to give us a minute or two on Jason Crow? Yeah, Jason Crow is heavily involved also in Democratic Socialists of America and um, other groups in the in the state you know the the colorado working working families party for instance which is controlled by dsa as well he's involved with them um jobs jobs with justice and others so he's he's sort of portrays himself as a moderate but he is very much involved with the marxists and he very much supports the marxists like uh, juan Macano and others who have been taken over the aurora city council so he's He's uh, very much in with um, Crystal Murillo, for instance, who's also a, 
a Marxist sympathiser on the Aurora City Council. So that's the Aurora Marxist crew that backs that backs Jason Crow, and he backs them. Really a sad state of affairs here in my native state. But Trevor, I always appreciate your clarity and your ability to uncover and expose. Uh, give folks your website and how they can get a copy of your book. Yeah, just go to trevorloudon.com. Loudon is L-O-U-D-O-N. The books are nearly 300 pages, 80 pages, nearly nearly 800 footnotes in it, lots of photographs of these people, you know, with Marxists, Jason Crow with his Marxist buddies, Jonah Goose with his Marxist buddies. And, uh, yeah, it's com if you want a signed copy, and uh, happy to oblige. God bless you, my friend. Thanks for the advance copy a few months ago, the opportunity to blurb it with you, for you, and your patience in waiting to get that back from me. Oh, it's, a, it's good. I, I got it, Randy. I know you were pretty, pretty uh, had a lot of things in your mind at the time. And, sure. And I uh, hope, hope things are getting better for you. And uh, But always a pleasure, always great to have the opportunity to talk to my friends in Colorado. God bless you, sir. TrevorLoudon.com. And uh, check it out. It's very, very interesting. So Larry, Lori Kelman was teasing us what beer company has sold out to Canada was kind of the gist I got as I just barely heard the last bit of what she said. She joins us with a news update when we return here on 710 KNUS. Stefan's out today. Randy Corcoran here from Saturday Nights. Uh, Ron DeSantis fired his campaign manager. Another big shakeup in the DeSantis campaign. And uh, we had a news tease about Donald Trump in New Hampshire. Got some great audio that we'll play for you sometime during the show about that. And then Lori Kelman teased us and did not deliver. So I went online to see what big, and then we'll get to the phones here in just a sec. Um, what big beer, what's the big deal beer thing going to Canada is all about. And I thought I had found it because the first headline, Colorado-based Molson Coors plans to sell cannabis-infused drinks in Canada where it will soon become legal. But that was August of 2018. And then I saw Fort Collins Brewery sold, rebranded to Canadian Red Truck Beer Company. But that was 2017. So I'm going to text Lori and hopefully get an answer to that question here shortly. But uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and check in on the phones. Brian in Arvada has been patiently waiting, and I appreciate that, Brian. Welcome. Hey, you know, I'm listening to your last uh, guest, and, you know, the Marxist thing, it's it's so spot on and bringing light to it. I can't, I'm a native of Colorado. I've watched this state just get destroyed, and I'm I'm wondering for the life of me, I just don't know what the lure is for Marxism and communism and socialism, it, it's so anti-freedom. It's done behind closed doors. It's done in the shadows. It's presented as something great. But in the end, it's controlling people. And I think it's just power and control. Because like a guy like like uh, the guy from Highlands Ranch, Jason, I forget his last name. Jason but, Crow. Yeah, Jason Crow. He's an okay guy. I've, I've heard him speak, but for the life of me, why, why does he want to be a socialist? You know, I, I just, and and they can't just come out and promote that. They have to do it in the shadows, and that tells you all you need to know right there. 
Um, so I, I don't know what the lure is for the left except for power and control. That That's really all it ever leads to. Um, but we got to wake up. My other thing, Randy, is you were at this meeting, this assembly. I'm unaffiliated since they the Rep- I left the Republican Party after they torpedoed Tancredo's uh, uh, bid for mayor, for governor. Um, and and with the old guard, it's the dick what not to do Wadhams crowd. Can tell you what not to do, but he can't tell you what to do. Um, what happened on that vote, voting for Priscilla Ron's replacement? I mean, get, come on, we can't get that right. We're, oh, wait, wait, we have to do a recode. Wait, oh, wait, we found some votes. Come on. And, uh, and we're who told, to be who the told party you, of the, Who told you that happened? George Brockler. I listened to his show. Yeah. And he had uh, a gal on uh, that that uh, that does a, a she she writes for a paper, but it was it was a little nefarious. Where absolutely oh, wait, not. What a, what a well, bunch of no. I, and I'm not I'm not criticizing you, but the, that spin that take on what happened at that meeting is extraordinary. But why to did me. we have to vote again? Like we, we didn't, what, what happened? How come we could, didn't get it right the first time? Well, there wasn't a winner. Three hundred people. There wasn't a winner. There was no winner. So there had to be a second vote. Two of the people. And they didn't find any votes later. No, no, no. Here, here's what happened. This was the most um, transparent voting situation I've ever seen. The box, the so-called the jars, I guess, and since there weren't boxes that the ballots were put into were glass, and. There was there were three people at each glass ballot, one who would check your, um, you know, check the list and see how many votes you were entitled to, because some people were carrying proxies uh, and then verify who you were. The second one who would announce whether you have one vote or two votes or three votes. And then the third person who would watch you put the the ballots, the folded ballots into clear glass jar and uh, and then your name would be checked off. That was done, and then the the ballots, the jars, never left the floor. They were all taken back up to tables on the back of the stage where they were counted, where each of the candidates uh, had somebody who could um, observe the counting. And uh, one of the most trusted Republicans in Colorado, beloved, uh, Mark Baisley, current state senator, former state rep, former vice chair of the state party, um, brilliant, brilliant you know, NASA level brilliance and success was the uh, was the person who was doing the credentialing. After the vote was done, uh, there was no winner, and there was a delay in getting the vote counted. And apparently, what they dis- discovered is during the check in process, um, you were mailed a card. You could bring the card in, and it was very quick to get the card scanned and, and your name cleared, and you walk on in. And then there was a line for people who forgot to bring their cards, so they'd check your ID and give you your credentials and check you off. And somehow or another, there were 15 votes that, even though they were checked in, did not clear the uh, the hurdle of you know the, the computer recognizing them. And the system was so... Um, successful in being accurate that it discovered those 15 votes. Now, they determined that it was that they would count the first vote as legitimate because there were no candidates that came within 15 votes of the other. It wasn't going to change the order of the candidates or whether there was an actual winner or not. And so that was announced. There was no complaint about it. And the second vote um, was then set to occur. And before that vote occurred, two of the four candidates came up and announced 
that they were going to withdraw their candidacy and throw their support behind the ultimate winner, who is Hope, forgetting her last name. We texted. I actually had her on my show Saturday night. But um, uh, so then there was a second vote. Hope won by a significant majority and became the new vice chair. And and that was presented by a, a news reporter as some kind of shenanigans or by George, who wasn't there. Yes. And and that's why I'm glad you're clarifying it, because yeah. I'm sick of the old the old guard is trying to smear this this grassroots movement every chance they get. And I believe George is part of that old guard. Um, well, and the old guard is responsible for running this state down the last 15 to 20 years. So it's time for them to get out of the way. The Dick Wadhams, the, you know, the, the House, Mr. House, he's not involved in politics hardly anymore. But those people need to get out of the way and let the grassroots people handle it. So, yeah, it was misrepresented. And hmm. also the check-in process, they were saying it took two hours to check in 300 people. I mean, geez, I just went to a church gathering uh, men's thing that had 400 people, and we were checked in in 30 minutes. There was geez, like man, five I, booths you I could got go the, to. I got there at quarter to nine. I was in by 10 to nine. And there was a line for folks who didn't bring their – I mean, it was a brilliant idea to send out these cards. All people had to do is bring this card that they received in the mail. The computer would scan it, and you walk – you get a, a you know your credentials and walk right in. But some folks so didn't – So it didn't take two hours to – because they were saying people showed up at seven and weren't even checked in till nine. And that's when the meeting started and there were still people not checked in. And well, I'm going, how do you not check people in in time for to be present for the beginning of the meeting? That I, only 300 plus people that I couldn't speak to since I got there at quarter to nine. But, uh, you know, this this meeting started almost virtually on time, which is a new feat as well. Um, what hour was that? Because I just like to, I don't want to you know criticize another oh, it was host. Yesterday, or... yeah, it was no, it was yesterday at, in the morning hour of George's show. Okay. He, I forget the lady's name. I think she writes for the Independent Institute or something. But she ha- she's a regular on the show. She said was she it was Sherry there. Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer? I, 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 I'm I'm pretty sure it was her. Okay, but she said she was present and we're seeing that there was shenanigans okay. on the boat and well, then also the check-in took a long time. I'll, so I'm, I'm glad you're clarifying this yeah. because I don't like being mis, mis, uh, misheard or, or I don't like mishearing things, but it, it made it sound like there was some shenanigans. Sure. And, and I'm not standing for that. You know, well, Brian, I've got the music in the back. Uh, more calls are coming in on that particular issue, so maybe Thanks, we'll get Randy. some more clarification. Thank you, Brian. And I'll try and listen to that podcast. Maybe I can address that on the Saturday show. Um, I can only tell you what my experience was. Anyway, second hour coming up. Phones are hot. More of your calls when we return here on the Stephen Tubbs Show on 710-KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.